Come on, let's go, Go Church. How you feel today? You feel good? You look great, by the way. Happy Sunday to everybody. What an honor it is to have all of you here with us today, whether you're tuning in via online or a Germantown campus or maybe you're here in the room today. Uh, we're going to jump into week number two of a series that we're doing called Spiritus Sanctus, which is Latin for the Holy Spirit. You know, look at five weeks of this topic together. Uh, before we jump into that, though, I do want to welcome our Germantown, Maryland campus, our online campus family. Most of you know this, we're one church, multiple locations. So all of our gatherings, we have the opportunity to live stream from here. And so for those of you in the room, can you put your hands together? Come on, welcome Germantown. Let them hear you. Come on, a little bit louder. Welcome your online family. Come on, God bless you guys and ladies. And then we got this weekly tradition where before we jump into the message, we always pause to give honor to those brave men and women that are currently serving in the military, all of those first responders that some maybe even are still working that third shift and you're just now getting off or but you've spent all night or all day or all week just serving and protecting your community and our cities. And so we give a lot of applause of appreciation. I think these people deserve the highest applause of thanks because they put their life on the line to serve and protect ours. Come on, can you bless the men and women in the armed forces? Come on. Come on, can you bless those individuals on the front line, the first responders? God bless you. Come on, five more seconds here. Love that. All right, I want to pray for you today. And as I pray for you, I'm going to ask that you take a moment and maybe collect your uh, uh, notes or your smartphone. You'll take some notes today. It's going to kind of be drinking water from a fire hydrant, if you will. And also, I just want to pray that you would be able to focus in for the next 40 minutes or so. Uh, we live in a very distractive world, and you're very busy in your life. And so I pray that in these moments together that God would meet us here. Uh, during worship a moment ago, I was reminded that what we do at Go Church is not just about inspiration, but I'm looking for transformation. God didn't call me to be a motivational speaker, although I hope that you're motivated when I speak. Come on, can I get an amen from somebody? But I want you to leave here, and here's the prayer. I want you to leave different than when you came. So that's my prayer today. Uh, maybe just out of reverence to the Lord and to the house of God, would you bow your head, close your eyes for a moment. I'm gonna offer this prayer. We're gonna jump into the second week of our conversation on the Holy Spirit. Okay, Lord, this has been my prayer for the last 48 hours. It's echoing the sentiment of the apostle Paul as he wrote to the church at Corinth. And here's what he said, and this is my prayer. For I do not preach with wise and persuasive words, but rather with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. Come on. And that's my prayer. Today is not an opportunity for JC to stand up on this platform, hold this microphone, and try to impress people. No, today is an opportunity for the glory of God to be revealed through the power of the Holy Spirit and for lives to be changed. So through the authority in the name of Jesus and standing in boldness through the power of the Spirit of God, I pray for transformation on this Sunday. This is the greatest topic that we could discuss outside of salvation is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Lord, can we have a, a blank page today, a clean slate? At Go Church, we all come from different walks of life, some with uh, some faith background and others who are new to church. And God, in our own way, all of us have defined the Holy Spirit uh, as we know him. But I pray that during this series and today, that you, Holy Spirit, who is our teacher, that you would show us more about who you are and the purpose that you have for our lives today. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus and let the church say a good amen. Come on, amen. All right, come on and give Jesus the highest praise. Can we do that? Come on. 
got five weeks of this series that we're doing. I'm going to give you the entire overview or outline of the series. Last Sunday, we kicked off this conversation by talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Today, we're going to talk about, and here's why it's highlighted yellow, because it's the second week. We'll talk today about the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the final three weeks, we'll talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and then the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Again, hope you got something to take some notes with. A lot of scripture today, a lot of thoughts that I believe the Holy Spirit has dropped into my heart to share with you. And I want to start by teaching you or reminding you of two Jewish celebrations that even as Christians today, thousands of years later, you and I in the church still celebrate. The first one is the celebration known as Passover. On the count of three, everybody in this room online at our Germantown campus, say Passover on three, one, two, three, Passover. The second celebration is the celebration known as Pentecost. Let's do that again. Ready? One, two, three, Pentecost. Now, let's start with Passover, the celebration of Passover. And as I unpack these, you'll see the purpose of why I wanted to start off this conversation uh, teaching and telling about these two particular celebrations. The celebration of Passover really is all about salvation. The children of Israel, God's chosen people, were in bondage to Egyptian slavery for over 400 years. God taps on the shoulder a guy named Moses to approach the evil ruler known as Pharaoh and tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh's heart was stubborn, and so God sent a series of plagues. You can read about that in the book of Exodus. He sends a series of plagues to attempt to get the attention of the Pharaoh. And with each plague, Pharaoh's heart is a little bit opened up, and then he goes right back to his hardened evil ways. Well, finally, the tenth and final plague is going to be where this death angel is going to pass by. And I want you to see this beginning in Exodus chapter number 12, verse 12. And the Lord God says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt, and on that night I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment for I am the Lord. This isn't really a part of my message or really necessarily a part of the content, but I would like to tell you that he is the Lord. And God does not play games. Come on, can I get a witness? So here's what he instructed the children of Israel. He said, I want you to take a young lamb, prepare the young lamb. I want you to sacrifice the young lamb and then take the young lamb's blood and cover your doorpost of your home. This would signify, and here's the very next verse, verse number 13, that blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Come on, help me preach already. Come on. There is still power in the blood. Can I get an amen? He says, when I see the blood, I will what? Pass over you and the plague shall not be on you. It will not destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now, some of you are sitting there thinking, well, that's great. However, that is the Old Testament. Well, I'm glad you thought of that because in the New Testament, we are reminded that it is Jesus Christ who is the perfect spotless lamb. He is our Passover lamb. Can you say amen to that? And he has been sacrificed. So the celebration of the Passover, again, is all about salvation. And salvation is this beautiful gift you can't work for it. You can't earn it. And ladies and gentlemen, you and I, we do not deserve it. For the wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Anybody thankful for the gift of salvation? 
Now, so many Christians, though, they stop their theology and they stop their relationship with God at the celebration of Passover, at the accepting of the gift of salvation. But there is another reason that you and I can celebrate as sons and daughters in Christ Jesus. And it is the celebration of Pentecost. So in the book of Acts, you can look at Acts chapter number 2, we see the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost very simply defined as this, the day where the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh. So the disciples are in the upper room. The day of Pentecost happens. They are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We'll talk more about that one particular gift here in a couple of weeks. They're filled with the power. It's known as the birthday of the church. And I want you to see this, a few verses here. We did look at this last Sunday, but it's worth a conversation again. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. How many of you know there's power in unity? That's what our country needs. Not more disunity, we need unity. And suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rested on each of them. And here's the verse. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, say that on three. One, two, three. Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance or enabled them to do so. Passover, all about salvation. Pentecost, all about power. It's all about power. Now, I gave you uh, somewhat of an introduction there. Let me just kind of share from my heart for a few minutes here, because this is important for you to know. At Go Church, we are a Pentecostal church. I wish I had more people to like say amen to that, because that was kind of weak. At Go Church, we are a Pentecostal church. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll show you this thought in a moment, but we don't believe that the Holy Spirit is weird. We just think the person sitting next to you is weird. Come on, somebody testify to that. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. I believe in the laying on of hands. I believe that God is still in the miracle working business. Can I get somebody to help me preach for a moment? I believe that we can call. Come on, we can call on the sick. We can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I believe that we serve a God that has given us power, that dead people can come back to life, that deaf people can hear, that blind people can see, that mute people can speak, that lame people that walk can walk again. I believe in the power of God that broken relationships can be reconciled and marriages be mended and problems between fathers and sons and mothers and daughters through the power of the Holy... I ain't afraid of no ghost. Can I get an amen? At the end of the day, this is a spirit-filled Pentecostal church. And what the world has done is packaged the power and the person of the Holy Spirit in such a way that Christians want nothing to do with this celebration of Pentecost. But can I submit to you this morning that you need a power that is far greater than your own natural power. You and I need a supernatural power to live in this crazy world. Come on now. This world that is full of temptation and full of sin and full of opportunities and full of traps. You need a power that is greater than your own power so that you can overcome the enemy. You can resist the devil and he can flee. Can I get 200 people that would agree with what I'm saying? Come on. Uh, the older I get and the more gray I have in my beard. Hello, 2020, the COVID of the year aged me tremendously. This is my 20th year 
and full-time ministry. And the older I get, the more mature I hope to become in the Lord, the less unapologetic and the less ashamed I am of being spirit-filled and dude with power from the Holy Spirit. We need a power. As a matter of fact, before the day of Pentecost, it was Jesus that said, you will receive Come on, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. This is Luke's perspective of the Great Commission. He says you need a power to fulfill the Great Commission, to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. This this word power right here in the original language of the New Testament is Greek and that word for power is dunamis. And you know this, I've taught this before, but that word dunamis, that that is the word right here. He says, you will receive a dunamis power, a miraculous power, a force, an explosion. That's what we need in the church today. That's what we need in the lives of Christians today. We need a power that supersedes our natural power. And watch this, the Greek word dunamis is where we get our English word dynamite. Come on, good times, somebody, good times. That's where we get our English word dynamite. And that is who the Holy Spirit is. The power of the Holy Spirit is like tapping uh, your finger into a light socket and you feel this force, this power that moves from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. It's the power, the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit that when life gets tough, you'll be able to sing when you don't feel like singing. Come on, you'll be able to shout when you don't feel like shouting. It's the dunamis power of God, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that will wake you up every day and allow you to put your feet on the ground and go about your business even when all hell breaks loose. It is the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit that you can tap into. And I don't know if you've ever been electrocuted before, but if you have, you know it and you remember it. This is a church that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you this thought I shared in the first week and I told you a moment ago and let me give you a a, a second part of that thought in order to connect the two thoughts. Everybody understand what I'm thinking out loud? Okay, good. So the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. Write this down though. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you weird. The Holy Spirit makes you wired. You are, listen to me, you are pre-wired with power. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When he breathed life into humanity, when he breathed his Holy Spirit, his ruach, his breath, he pre-wired you with power. I'm not one that knows much about construction unless it's, you've asked me to do the job of demolition, come on. But I do know well enough that you would not build a house in its entirety and at the end of the project say, now let's wire this baby for electricity. No, you will pre-wire a home with electric. Uh, Many of you know this because I shared this on Vision Sunday, that on the east side of our South Metro Atlanta campus, that's right here, we are building a best-in-class, state-of-the-art, gospel-centered, Jesus-focused Christian counseling center. Come on, isn't that fantastic? And I walked in there the other week, and they started putting the studs up. That's probably why they invited me to take a look. Come on, somebody, because they needed one more stud. Okay, there's a little dad joke. And I noticed that they were pre-wiring for electricity. And then after they pre-wire for electricity, they'll put the sheetrock up and they'll finish the project. You don't build a house or 
build something that requires electric and then add it at the end. And I want you to know this, that when God made you, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, he pre-wired you for power. Now what many of us need is we need to tap into the power source. Can you give me a good amen today? Our campus pastor here at this campus, uh, Ben Warwick, is somewhat of a car enthusiast. And so uh, on occasion, he'll text me, you know, a, a link to a car that, that he has found, either something that he has considered to purchase and possibly restore, or something that he thinks his pastor would look good in driving around town. Come on now. So the other day, he sent me a picture of this car, this, uh, this Corvette. Come on now. How many of you just claim this in the name of Jesus, Okay. He sent me this, and, and I looked at it, and I thought, man, now that is a good-looking ride. That's in immaculate condition. I mean, you can't get a full close-up, but the body of this car looks fantastic. It's got, it's got good wheels that have tread. It's got the, 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 the wheels and the rims that are in, in good detail. It looks clean. It's even, got, it's even got the glory of God shining on the passenger window. Come on, do you see that right there? And then, and then I clicked the link, and it said that this car... 2015 was only like $6,000. And I thought, ain't the favor of the Lord real? Come on. And then he followed it up with a text and said, the only problem with this car, it has no engine. <laughs> and when I saw it, I just thought to myself, this can define so many Christians. On the outside, we look the part. On the outside, we've got it all together. But baby, you need an engine. Come on, you need, you need some power. Done are the days of looking the part or dressing the part. No, no, no. This is good for nothing except scrap metal in a junkyard. If you want to do everything that the designer designed and destined for you to do, you need a power. Come on and give me a good amen. You need a power that is far greater than your own power. And when you read the Bible starting in the Old Testament, going through the New Testament. Everybody okay today? We're good? When you go through the Bible, you'll see that there are different symbols of the Holy Spirit. So in Scripture, you'll read about how water is symbolic of the Spirit of God or a dove is symbolic of the Holy Spirit or uh, a cloud would be representative of the Spirit of God or oil might be representative of symbolism of the Spirit of God, a fire and wind. Now, I don't have time to look at all of those today, but I do want to show you three. When you read the Bible, you'll see that water, fire, and wind is often used to describe not only the person of the Holy Spirit, but the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'll show you references for all of these, okay? Now, water, fire, and wind, all of these elements have different purposes and priorities, but they all possess power, and you know that. Water can be very powerful. Fire can be very powerful. Wind can be very powerful. So as you read scripture, you need to keep in your mind's eye and heart to know that there is symbolism with the Holy Spirit to define to us the power of the Spirit of God. Watch water here. Write this thought down. Water has the power to give life. This is who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is this wellspring of water that gives you life. And every living creature needs water. From the smallest microscopic algae bacteria to the blue whale. All living creatures need water. 
Medical experts will say that you can only last for about three days without water before you become dehydrated and ultimately or inevitably you die. And I'm not trying to be critical of uh, the 21st century church in America, but I think we've got a lot of spiritually dehydrated churches. I think we've got a lot of spiritually dehydrated Christians. I think we've got a lot of spiritually dead churches and spiritually dead Christians, but it is the Holy Spirit, the water, that will give you new life. I think the most, and I hate to say the, the perfect example, but a beautiful example of this particular teaching is when Jesus showed up at the well. There he met this woman, and this woman came to the well looking for something to drink in the natural, and she also came with a ton of baggage. She had a testimony, and she had been married time after time after time after time after time. She comes to the well to get some natural water, and Jesus is sitting there and watch this conversation he has with her in John 4. He says, everyone who drinks of this water, this natural water coming from this spring in this well, everyone who drinks of this water, they will be what? Thirsty again. But watch what he says. But whoever drinks of the water that I give, come on, church. He says, whoever drinks from the water that I provide will never be thirsty because the water that I give will become in him a fountain of water springing up to new life, eternal life. Go with me to John chapter 7. I want to show you another place here. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood out. He cried out and he said, if anyone here is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For the one who believes in me, as Scripture has said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Are you getting this today? Watch verse 38, or 39 rather, stay here. And he said this in reference to the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit at this time had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Jesus ascended to heaven, that's when the gift of the Holy Spirit was provided to mankind. Acts chapter 2, watch the symbolism here of the power of water to give new life. On the day of Pentecost, here it is, watch. And God says, I will pour out my spirit. So when you think about water and the power of the Holy Spirit, know that the symbolism is because water is what gives you new life. And I think some of you have come in today, whether you're in this room at this campus at our Germantown campus or you're online and you are thirsty. You're thirsty and the thirst that you have is a thirst that this world cannot quench. It only comes from intimate friendship, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. And when you drink from that water, when you drink from that well, you will never thirst again. Let me get a hundred people, come on, to give me a good amen right there. Come on and clap like you mean it. Come on, church. Speaking of water, come on, somebody. Let's look at fire. Water has the power to give new life, but fire has the power to purify. A silversmith would use fire to remove the, the dross or the, the garbage or the junk or the impurities from precious material and metals and now today God uses fire the fire of the Holy Spirit to burn out the junk in your life and in my heart that's what he does let me let me tell you you can summarize this entire thought with one word that we don't preach enough anymore 
and it's the word sanctification. God doesn't want you only to be saved, but he wants you to be sanctified. I'm going to come back to this whole thought here in just a moment, so I can't preach all my points in this moment here, but God wants you to be, here's the definition of sanctification, to be set apart. God wants you to experience new life in the celebration of Passover and Pentecost to drink from the living water, but then he wants to burn away all the impurities of your life. He wants you to know that you are in this world, but you're not of this world. That you're called to be different. And the only way that you and I can ever be different, act different, look different, say different things in the whole world is to walk through the fire, to walk through the process of purification. Hebrews 12, 29 says this, that our God is an all-consuming fire. John the Baptist said in Matthew, he said, as for me, I baptize with water. With water, because water is symbolism for repentance and new life. But there is one who is coming after me that I'm not even fit to remove his sandals. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and shout it on three. One, two, three. Fire. Fire. Fire, Fire removes the impurities from your life. Okay, I'm going to preach that here in just a moment again, so we'll come back. And then wind. You've got, you've got water, you've got fire, and now you have wind. In the Bible, wind is symbolic because that has the power to refresh, to refresh. I had a chance to uh, go to Tampa last week for a conference. Um, it was kind of an invite only for pastors, not an open registration, but an invite only for pastors within our denomination to encourage them and celebrate them for the challenges of 2020. And so I got to attend this event on the front half of the week. And on one of the nights, uh, they took us out on this uh, dessert cruise. Come on. So I grew up in Tampa. That, that's home for me. And, uh, you know, I always say it like this, T-A-M-P-A, Bombay. If you ain't headed south, you're headed the wrong way. Come on now. Somebody ought to tweet that. I grew up in Tampa. Tampa's my old stomping ground, and so I'm familiar with the Tampa Bay area and being out on water. I mean, I grew up literally near the Gulf of Mexico, but I think this was my first time ever on a dessert cruise, a three-level yacht, and on every level, dessert. Come on, somebody. You just felt the Holy Spirit, didn't you? I will say this, too. One of the beautiful things about that cruise, because of the environment of that moment, uh, masks were optional. And so because I was on the cruise and, you know, we were out in the open, I, I took my, my mask off. And uh, for a moment, because I was hanging out with some really good friends of mine, for a moment I had all to myself and I stood at the front of this boat. We were moving down Tampa Bay and I felt this refreshing wind. Just felt it. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever had that experience. You know, we're, we're moving into much better temperatures. Come on, somebody. And praying that our Maryland family, you get temperatures like we've been having down here in the south. Come on. And, you know, now, now some days you'll walk out and the sun is shining in all of its glory. And in the morning you'll see the, the mist that only lasts for a little while. It's here today and then it's gone tomorrow. But then you'll feel this refreshing breeze that just, whew, and in that moment on the front of that boat, that wind hit me and it took everything inside of me, not just to weep, because I felt like everything's going to be all right. 
I stood there and I felt the wind blowing and the refreshing of the Holy Spirit just encouraging me, telling me, hey, we've made it through 2020, and if you can make it through that, you can make it through anything. Come on. Somebody declared that to be true, and I, I felt incredibly refreshed. Last night, my son had baseball practice, and we're starting another season here, and at the end of the practice, I mean, I, I made those kids run. I mean, I made them run, and they didn't want to run, and one of them said, why aren't you running? I said, well, that's easy. I'm the coach. Come on now. And they're running and they're sweating and we get in the car and, man, it's hot. And I cranked up the car and I let the windows down. And all of a sudden, this breeze moved in the car. And my 11-year-old boy, he wasn't trying to be spiritual, but he said, man, that feels good. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is this fresh wind. Watch what the Bible says in John 3, verse number 8. The, the wind blows wherever it wishes and when you hear the sound of it you can hear the sound but you don't know where it's coming from and you don't know where it's going so is everyone who has been born of the spirit there are times in our life that we just need a refreshing time listen stop watching the news stop scrolling through facebook my goodness gracious and just sit back and let the ruach of God, the pneuma of God, the spirit of God whew, breathe on you. We used to sing that old song, breathe on me, breathe on me. That's what we need is the Holy Spirit to breathe life in us and on us, to refresh us. Listen to me. All of the chaos of this world and all of the chaos of your world never caught God by surprise. He's faithful and he's good and he's sovereign and he is in control. But the only way that you can overcome whatever challenge and obstacle you're facing today is to be refreshed in the spirit. And some of you need that. You feel so beat down. Not only do you feel beat down, but you feel kicked while you are down. Let the Holy Spirit refresh you. Come on and give the Lord some praise. Can we do that? Come on. All right, let me give you three thoughts and we'll be done. So this Holy Spirit... The water, the fire, the wind, the power, the person, the Pentecost, all of that is for what? Now, we can stay here all day, every day, and at some point you'll get bored with this sermon. Some of you already look like you are, but let me give you just three thoughts really fast. The first one is this, the Holy Spirit empowers me to live righteously, righteously. I know you're taking notes. When you finish that thought, I want you to look up here and Germantown, you lean in as well. If you're watching online, I want you to listen closely. When I read scripture, this book, from Genesis to Revelation, I read over and over and over again that holiness is the standard for living. Society, culture, politics, people will continue to move the needle of Christian ethics and morality, but, and I know this isn't popular preaching, and I know that the cancel culture will enjoy having a moment with this, but I don't preach to please man. I want you to come to Go Church so that somebody can challenge you to do better and to be better, and I'm telling you that society can move the needle all they want, but the standard is still holiness. The standard is still righteousness. The standard is still right living. And I know that you'll find frustration with me in that, but it was John the Baptist that said, repent, you bunch of vipers and snakes. At least this is a little bit more delicate of an approach. 
righteousness is the standard. Your Bible says, God says, be holy for I am holy. That is black and white. So we can argue all day different topics, but at the end of the day, you and I are on a pursuit to live righteously, right living. This is holiness. This is a part of that sanctification talk. We can't, we can't be a part of this world. We can't act like the world and talk like the world and be like the world. This might be a little old school, but good Lord, maybe we need some more old school, all right? It's time to be sanctified and pursue righteous living. You, you can't have your cake and eat it too. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but in the end, it's the way of death and destruction. And maybe God has sent you to go, church, on the live stream or to one of our campuses. So there's a guy that is screaming in the path of your destruction. Live right. Live right. Rise above temptation. Rise above the trial and the, the struggle. Rise above the opportunity to fall into the trap. Now listen to me. The only way. The only way that you can have righteous living is to be filled with the Spirit of God. You cannot live right on your own power. So the Holy Spirit empowers you to live righteously. I love what, what Paul told the church at Rome. He says, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, if that's true, then you are not controlled by the flesh. Rather, you're controlled by the Spirit. Listen to me, lean in. Every day you wake up, there is a battle. Your flesh versus your spirit, man. But if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, you cannot continue to be controlled by the flesh. The flesh will always lead you down stupidity street. Come on, somebody. But it is the Spirit of God that gives you the power to, to rise above rise above and pursue righteous living. If I got five people that would agree with that, can you give me an amen? Come on, church. Holiness. 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 That is the standard. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Because garbage in, garbage out. It's righteous living that can only be accomplished by the Spirit of God. Two more thoughts. Here's the next one. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. Fooey to those that would say that being a Christian is boring. What? What? <laughs> I don't understand that. Uh, the day that I got saved and filled with the Spirit of God... I have had the greatest days of my life. I know what it's like to party for the world. I know what it's like to live for the world. I know that sin is fun and that sin is inviting. I know that sin is addictive. But man, my life with Christ, my life with the Spirit of God is far greater than anything else this world can offer because all of the things this world offers me is counterfeit to the real thing. So why would I buy into counterfeit joy when I could have real joy? Come on. Why would I buy into counterfeit hope when I can have real hope? God has called us to live supernaturally. Let me tell you what happens here in the book of Acts 10.38. And you know that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with, come on church, and with. Then Jesus went around and here's what he did. 
He did good. He did real good. And he healed the sick. He delivered all of those who were oppressed by the devil because God the Father, God the Holy Spirit was with God the Son. Now watch, move to the book of John chapter 14 and connect these two. Jesus said, Verily, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and they will do what? Even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Now, if your mind has ever worked like mine, I've thought before, in certain situations, it'd be really nice to have Jesus in the flesh. Could you imagine that when you lose somebody you love to have Jesus in the flesh, to wrap his arms of grace and compassion around you? When you get that doctor's report to have Jesus in the flesh, who can comfort you and tell you that, hey, it's okay, I am the great physician. When you've got that nagging headache to have Jesus in the flesh and he could just, it's gone. To have Jesus in the flesh. I mean, imagine if you were responsible to feed 5,000 people and all you had was some grilled cheese sandwiches and Doritos. Jesus in the flesh could multiply it and you could feed all 5,000 and you know what? Uh, They'd have leftovers to take home. To have Jesus in the flesh and imagine how many of you are pet lovers? Come on, where are my pet lovers at? Little, little Skeeter, your dog, gets run over by a car. Jesus in the flesh is Skeeter, come back to life. And little Skeeter, woo! You got a little cat. Your cat runs in the road, gets hit by a car. And Jesus just says, let the dead bury the dead. Come on, ain't nobody like cats. That's what Jesus would do. And what we think is, we think, man, if only Jesus were in the flesh. But Jesus says, it is better for you that I go. Because if I don't go, my Father can't send the Comforter, the Advocate, the Helper, the Paraclete. And when we are given the power of the Holy Spirit, we can live supernaturally. Oh, in the name that is above all names, I declare that 2021 be a year of miracles. Oh, come on, anybody with me on that? Miracles where those who were sick, let them get into the presence of the Holy Spirit and supernaturally be restored. And doc, I declare that doctors will stand in amazement as they looked at one scan and saw cancer and they looked at the next scan and that person was cancer free. Come on. I'm believing that we're living in the days of supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit and it's only done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you got time for one story? It didn't matter what you said. I was going to tell you the story. 20 years ago, I was in North Carolina at a camp meeting. 20 years ago. I was standing on a platform much like this, and the worship team was going, and I looked out into the audience, and there was a little boy on the second row. He couldn't have been more than six or seven years old. And he was crying, not not in a, I've been misbehaving and now I'm in trouble type of way but he was weeping as if there was something major going on and his mother and his father were right around him and the mom and the dad were weeping and and I heard the Holy Spirit say to me 20 years ago I've never forgotten this go lay hands on that boy so I walked down off of the platform and I went up to the little child and I asked permission by the parents do you mind if I pray for your son and of course they both said absolutely and I took my right hand And I put it on the neck of the young man. Not in an authoritative move. It just made sense to put my hand on his neck. And 
just to pray a prayer of compassion. I didn't know what was going on. When I touched his neck, I felt multiple nodules or tumors on his neck. And the mom says he has cancer. I want to pause right here. 20 years ago, God, I want to tell the story with great accuracy. I don't want to build this up and create some story that is untrue. I'm telling you, this is the God's honest truth with this story. I lay my hands on his neck. She's crying. The dad's crying. The boy's crying. He's got cancer. And I said, young man, lift your hands in the name of Jesus. And I said, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I declare healing over this young man. And I'm too afraid of God to lie to you, okay? In that moment, I felt pop, pop, pop. All three of the tumors gone in that moment. Now, hold on, hold on. Thank you. Do not clap because you think I possess some miracle healing power. It is not my hands. It is the power of God. I want to go back to those days, to those moments, to that atmosphere. Not weird, not scary, but if God is able to heal, let him heal people. If God is able to touch, let him touch people. If God is able to use us, let him use us so that he gets all the glory and all the honor. Even greater things than these. Even greater things than these. God, I love, my, my daughter was born at the Silver Spring Hospital in Maryland. My son was born at Piedmont Fayette here in Georgia. I love doctors and nurses and hospitals. I thank God for medication. But what if you showed up one Sunday and there were a line of sick people just trying to find room, a seat in this auditorium because they were hearing that Jehovah Rapha, our healer, was moving in such a way that doctors couldn't do what God was doing. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That, that God was doing what medicine cannot. That is the power of Pentecost. Even greater things. Come on, say that phrase on three. One, two, three. Even greater things. Is that good? That's my prayer. What makes this weird? No, no, no. It's not weird. It's embracing the full gospel. Knowing he is God the Father. He is God the Son, and He is God the Holy Spirit. Come on and give some praise. Come on, do it real quick. Come on. All right, one more thought. Last thought. The power of the Holy Spirit empowers you to make a difference. This is how we say to go, church, to go make a difference. Um, my prayer is, is that what happens in here fills the streets out there. Let us not become selfish Christians that experience the manifestation of the glory of God through the person and the power of the Holy Spirit, and then we don't go make a difference with that power. You can, oh Jesus, help me real quick, Lord. It doesn't matter how high you jump or how fast you run or how loud you pray in tongues. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, you've got gifts and you have fruit, and that is used to make a difference. Where are the days of evangelism? This isn't critical. This is just uh, the truth. It is not my job alone to preach the gospel. The magnitude of the Great Commission is too, too large for me to accomplish on my own. We all must have our role in evangelism. Where, where are the days of outreach and 
missions. And I know we've got COVID and restrictions, but where are the days of loving your neighbor? Where are the days of serving, using the gifts of the Holy Spirit that God has deposited in you? Don't come at me. I'm not angry. I'm just anointed. Don't come at me with I'm full of the Holy Spirit, but you're not serving on a go team. That's not how this works. God gives you gifts to use them to advance the local church, to love people to life. I love what Paul told the church at Thessalonica. He says, hey, I love this. And I like to read it with a little bit of like sarcasm and attitude. I don't know if he had it that way. But here's what he says. He says, our gospel came to you not simply with words. We didn't just talk the talk. No, we walked the walk. Man, God, let that be go, church. I don't want us just to talk the talk, but let us walk the walk with power and with the Holy Spirit and with deep, deep conviction. All right, I always close with a question, and here it is. You ready? It's the same question. I'm going to close with this question all five weeks. So what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you from this message? Every head bowed, every eye closed. South Metro Atlanta, come on. Germantown, just for a moment. 30 seconds here. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? There is a power far greater than your own power. And that gift, the celebration of Pentecost, is available to anybody that would want it. Come on, 30 seconds here. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, Lord, every, every person in this room, under the sound of my voice, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, for you to move in the way that you need to, to speak to their hearts. I said this last week, but what I love about the Spirit of God is that what I say and what I preach, you can twist and move and, and your sovereignty manipulate to speak something entirely different. Whatever, whatever you want to say today, Holy Spirit, to each of us individually, and collectively as the body of Christ, speak. Speak in this moment so that there is clear direction and next steps for some that might be, it's time to experience the gift of salvation. For some, it might be, it's time to experience a recommitment in your walk with Christ. For some, it might be God saying to you through the Spirit, it's time to receive a greater power than the power that you've been relying on. He might be saying, the reason you feel exhausted, the reason you feel fatigued, the reason you feel like quitting, the reason you feel like throwing in the proverbial towel is because you're relying on your own power. And so today you can possess a greater power. So whatever you would speak, Holy Spirit, do it now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you would say, what I hear the Lord saying is, I need to get my life right with Jesus Christ. It all starts here, right here, in this moment. So if that's you, I'm going to count to three. I want you to lift your hand. The Holy Spirit's saying it's time to commit your life to Christ. This might be for the first time ever, or it might have been a while since you've said yes to the Lord. Hands already going up. Thank you, thank you. You ready? One, two, three. Come on. Hands, hands. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, young man. Anybody else? Come on, keep it up just a moment longer. Uh, my left you're right. I see three hands all on the road. It's like a whole family. Thank you, Jesus. 
Ma'am, I see you right there. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, for those that lifted their hands now, they can experience the water that you provide that will allow them to never thirst again. Man, that is good news. That is good news. And as you pray today, pray, God, come into my heart. Come into my mind. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new person. Rid me of all of the things that have built up the, in my heart and in my life. And wash me clean and make me new. I commit my life to you today. Come on, pray that if you've lifted your hands or maybe you were too shy to lift your hands, but you know what the Lord is saying. Come on, don't miss this moment to get right with Christ. So come into my life today, Jesus, and may I walk with new power. Now, for those that are hearing you say, okay, what I hear the Lord saying is, is that I've been relying too much on my own strength, but today I want, I want a little bit more supernatural power. Come on, is that you? Hands up. Hands up. Oh, all around this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Germantown, hands up. Keep your hands up. Lord, you see every hand that's lifted. I pray right now heaven opens, the Spirit of God falls. I pray they would feel an overwhelming, miraculous, explosive, forceful power that would help them to overcome whatever it is, whatever trial, whatever challenge, whatever problem, whatever pain, whatever sin, whatever issue, whatever it is. They know how to define it, but may there be a release of the Spirit of God, the power of God that would fill them from head to toe and they would walk in this new strength, in this new strength, it only comes from the Holy Spirit. We give you thanks and we give you praise. And together everybody said amen. Come on, let's give the Lord the best praise we've got. Come on. Come on, can we love him God just a moment? Come on, both campuses online. Can we thank him for his spirit? Come on. Put your hands together thanking God for the power of God. Come on, church. Yeah.